Is that better? I just was saying I can't imagine anything more exciting than, than singing at the beginning of our worship service, not only that He shall reign, but that He does reign. And because our, our God reigns, we celebrate this season of Christmas that we're close to now with a joy and with an excitement um, that the world wonders about, longs for, and desperately needs to, to know. It's good to have you here in front of us. It's good to have you join us online as well. I know folks are, are out of town or in different places. Some folks are, are ill. And we, uh, we are thankful for the privilege and the opportunity to gather together um, in the name of the Lord Jesus to worship. I um, wanted to say special thanks from, from Deborah and Samara and I. We do appreciate um, your, your prayers, your, your words of encouragement, um, your gifts of love. Um, she um, talked to her this morning, um, said she was doing a little bit better. Um, we just ask you to continue to pray for her as um, she receives the, the treatments that she's receiving and the Lord would, would work and strengthen um, in her, her body. So we are, we are grateful for that. And just to remember also um, Mr. John um, Stanley as he continues to, to work on getting his oxygen level up. And we remember those and others that may remain nameless or we may know about that are, that are ill, asking for the Lord, the one who is our healer, to work on their behalf. So let me announce a couple of things. We're still collecting our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. I looked this morning, we're at about $1,900. Um, it's a little less than halfway toward our goal of $4,500. And your um, Lottie Moon offering goes to support missions around the world, such as our good friends Kevin and Donna Qualls, who just early this morning headed to the airport to begin making their way back to Japan, the place where the Lord has called them. So we, we do ask the Lord to, to bless them as they travel. We look forward to hearing um, the, the testimonies about the ministry that they will be involved in. And I know they're looking forward to being back in the place that they've called home for so many years. So you can still give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. You can put a check in the offering plate. We take cash. Or if you're online, you can go to crosstimber.org backslash give, and you can even give um, online. We will be having our Christmas Eve candlelight service, and that will be this Thursday evening at 6 p.m. It will be approximately 30 minutes long. It's a combination of, of Scripture reading and traditional carols that you are familiar with. Um, we will be live streaming that also, so if you want to enjoy that with your, your family in the comfort of your home, you're free to do that. Or if you want to gather together with us and with your family here, we would love to see you at 6 o'clock on Thursday. And then one final note, um, the close of our service this morning, we'll have a brief um, business meeting, and that is to consider the approval of our 2021 church budget. And so immediately following the service, we'll have just that brief moment of business before we um, move on for the day. I want to just read a little bit of Scripture. Galatians chapter 4, you may think that's a, a unique place to, to look um, right before Christmas, but I think it's applicable today. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, 
God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. No longer slaves, but sons and heirs through God. Will you join me as we pray this morning? Oh, Father, in a world that is created of things that constantly change and that constantly move. We thank You that You, O Lord, Jesus, in Your Word, remain unchanged, unshaken. O Lord, we ask You would help us this morning that we would forsake all things that we put our dependence on that are not of You. That You would help us to take our eyes off of the world and focus our eyes on the Lord Jesus. And that we would rest on You as the the living stone, the solid rock, our firm foundation. And that we would abide in Your presence. That You would be born fresh and anew in our hearts by Your Holy Spirit. And that You would revive in us our spirits. Lord, we thank You that all of the mercies that we have, all of Your graces come through the Lord Jesus who came at just the right time. And Lord, I thank You that He brings redemption from sin, redemption from the law, and He brings life. And that in the name of Jesus, we are His adopted sons and daughters, and that we are joint heirs to all of His promises. And we thank You this morning that we can worship in the name of the One who is the Creator, the One who is the Redeemer, the One who is the promised Savior, the reigning King, and the One who will one day come again to make all things new. And Lord, in Him we have everything that we need. For those that need encouragement and strength this morning, I thank You that You are the great encourager and You are the strength in their song. For those who need the fresh wind of Your Spirit to blow over them, to breathe life into them, Lord, I thank You that You do that. To the one who causes the dry bones to live, I'm thankful that you can revive the hearts of those that have grown cold, those that are distant from you, those that are doubting and in question. And Lord, for those that are struck with infirmity or sickness or pain or discomfort, we thank you that you are the great healer of all. And we trust in you to do that which you love to do for the glory of your name. And that you would strengthen bodies, that you would heal lungs, and that you would work strongly and mightily in the lives and the bodies of those that we love. Lord, help us this day to remove the distractions, to open up our hearts, and let us, O Lord, hear from you. Because your word is life. And we need it so desperately. We thank you for this time that we can worship you. So whether we're singing, whether we're listening, whether we're praying, Lord, help us to give you honor and glory in all that we do. And we pray this in your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen.
As for you, Bethlehem of Ephrathath, though you are the least significant of Judah's forces, one who is to be a ruler in Israel on my behalf will come out of you. His origin is from remote times, from ancient days. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor gives birth. The rest of his kin will return to the people of Israel. Would you stand and sing with us this morning?
shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, that the Lord has made known to us. So they hurried off and located Mary and Joseph, and found the baby lying in a manger. When they saw him, they related what they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were astonished at what the shepherds said. But Mary treasured up all these words, pondering them in her heart what they might mean. So the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything was just as they had been told. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water. Mary, did you know, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy had come to make you new. And the child that you delivered would soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby has walked where angels trod, and when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Death will hear 
to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. you happen to have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Familiar Christmas territory, familiar Christmas story. Every year I come to it, I still read it with, with joy and excitement, thankful for what God has done for us that we celebrate specifically at Christmas, but really should be part of our lives each and every day. It's the 20th of December. That means it's only five days left until, until Christmas. That gives you, you know, three full shopping days, four full shopping days, or if you're one of those folks that wait to the last minute, then you can have a Walmart, a Walgreens, or a CVS Christmas, probably up till midnight Christmas Eve or even Christmas morning. But I remember growing up, just the excitement and the wonder of everything Christmas. Christmas lights, Christmas decorations, Christmas 
presents. And the greatest thing was when the Christmas catalog would come and we would be so excited to flip through and we would claim all of the things that we wanted to get for Christmas. Many more things than all the money that um, probably my parents could amass over several years would be able to afford, but they always seemed to get just the, the right one of the gifts that we wanted. And I remember just the wonder of a child, the excitement of Christmas, the excitement of those little, well, actually they weren't little, they were giant incandescent bulbs on your Christmas tree that were so bright they would burn your fingers and the wonder of the sparkle of tent of tinsel on the tree and the creativity of a young mind who figured out that those bulbs and that tinsel together could be a lot of fun because it could melt them. I didn't burn the house down, but it was fun. And we did it often. And it was just it was wonder. And I wish sometimes that we could just be transported back in time and enjoy Christmas and the Christmas season with that same wonder and that same anticipation of a child. And it's with that I invite you this morning as we read this story out of Luke chapter 2, that you would allow yourself for just these moments during this season to listen to the story, marvel, wonder, praise God for the gift that He gave to us. Let's read this together. I'm going to read the first 20 verses of Luke chapter 2. And most of you will probably be quoting right along with me. The wonderful passage that in the Charlie Brown Christmas special was the answer to the exasperated cry of Charlie Brown. Does anybody know what Christmas is all about? Little blanket boy Linus. I do. And he began to read Luke chapter 2. Listen with the marvel of a child. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from there into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Oh, great God, with excitement and wonder in our hearts, we turn to your word this morning, asking that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, fill us in afresh and anew with your spirit. Stir in our hearts a desire to know more of you, to wonder at your presence, to delight in your goodness, and to feast on all the glorious riches that you have for us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that we can turn to your word. Teach us what we need to know. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to propose to you this morning that in Jesus Christ, humble and needy people discover the wonder and glory of Christmas. The people who celebrate Christmas with wonder and glory are those that are humble, those that are needy and find their satisfaction in the person of Jesus Christ. And I want us to see this this morning, to, to look at it not from a bird's eye view, but let's look at it from a shepherd's view through the wonder of these men called shepherds men who came with humility men who came to the manger out of necessity and men who came with a god-given curiosity there's nothing special about what we're going to do this morning we're going to walk through these verses there's a bulletin outline that you can follow along that may or may not help you keep your place I think you'll find it easy to follow along. But the first heading I want you to see is simply that she, Mary, gave birth. You see, when Luke wrote this gospel, addressed to this man called Theophilus, this lover of God, he set out to write an historical account, a narrative of this person, the Lord Jesus, who was a real historical figure, who lived, breathed, walked, was arrested, crucified, died, and rose again. And so he set out to gain an eyewitness account. He listened to all the stories from those that were witnesses. And then he wrote these things down to give Theophilus and others certainty about the things they had heard, things they had been taught, to say this is real and this is true. It's historical. It references real people. Caesar, Augustus, Quirinius, Mary, Joseph, the baby Jesus. It gives us dates. It tells us when this happened. It gives us places, geography, Galilee, Nazareth, Bethlehem, real places, all to set out the truth that this is not a fairy tale. It's not a made-up story in a made-up land. No, it's all true. But it's also theological. All of this was according to the Scripture. Prophets from of old, from many years ago, Isaiah, Micah, and others, 
proclaimed that a Messiah would come. He would be born in Bethlehem. He would save people from their sins. And what a great plan God had. He worked through a Roman census, a Syrian governor, an honorable husband and a teenage bride so that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, the place that Micah foretold, come to save people from their sins. And folks, that is a transformational story. You see, when we look at the shepherds, we see how that they were amazed at the story. We see how it changed their lives. And here's the good news. This story about this man named Jesus still changes lives today. Heard a song a couple of weeks ago. And the line from this song that just keeps swimming over and over again in my head is this. It may be too good to be understood, but it's not too good to be true. There's a wonder in the story of what God did in Jesus for us to save us from our sins. It's hard for us to understand. We could never imagine what it would be like to give that great a sacrifice. But friends, let me tell you today, it's not too good to be true. It's good news. And those angels told those shepherds it was good news of great joy. Because what happened? In a moment, the course of human history was changed. Sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. There was a curse. Man was destined to die and be separated eternally from God. But God, at just the right time, sent Jesus, born of a woman, to bring salvation. And what does that do? That transforms everything. It flips the script. It gives us hope. It gives us life. It gives us eternal life. And this good news that brings great joy is for all people. It's why these angels delivered this message not to the king in the palace, but to the shepherds in the field. Men that were social outcasts. Duh. Dirty. Rough. Salt of the earth guys. Shepherds. In fact, shepherds were not just shunned, they were officially outcasts. In the law, they were nobodies. And God chooses nobodies to be somebodies for His glory because His good news is for all the people. It's for Jews, it's for Gentiles, it's for me, it's for you. And it reaches from the highest places to the lowest places. Kings and queens and palaces. Farmers and shepherds and pastures. Royalty. Ruffians. Sovereign kings. And simple shepherds. Here's the good news. A Savior is born. God provided for our predicament. He sent a Redeemer, someone who could rescue all of humanity from the penalty and the power of sin. And that baby born in Bethlehem was to be given the name Jesus. Our God saves, delivering His people. See, Jesus is the perfect Savior. Because of Him, 
in Him. Men and women can be joint heirs with Him to have access to all the riches of the glory of God. That joy can come crashing in to a life filled with lostness, hopelessness, and sadness. That new life can spring up. Prosperity, spiritually speaking, in Jesus. That we can be delivered, freed from the danger and the destruction of sin. That the one who, Isaiah said, is the prince of peace came to be our peace. That's the good news of Christmas. A Savior is born. He is Christ the Lord. The Anointed One. The Christ. The one God chose for a special mission. The one who became robed in flesh. Dwelt among men. Walked on earth. The promised Messiah, the one who God said, this is my chosen servant who will redeem my people. He is the Christ. He's the Lord. In the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, one of the lines, Veiled in flesh the Godhead He, Hail the incarnate Deity. Do you see when those angels are speaking to the shepherds, he's saying this baby born in Bethlehem is the great I am. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's the great king, the greatest king of all kings. The one who made all things and who holds all things together. That's assuring because today you might be thinking, I don't feel too fearfully and wonderfully made. And I certainly don't feel like I can hold it together. Here's the good news. God never intended you to hold it all together. In fact, God would probably remind you very sternly, you can't hold it all together. But the one who made the stars, the one who set everything in place, the one who created the universe holds all things together. And if he can keep a moon flying around the earth and not just shooting off into space somewhere, don't you think he could take care of your problems? That's why Paul said, your light and momentary afflictions in me are building in me an exceeding weight of glory. That what's temporary on earth is preparing us for all of eternity. And let's be honest, it hurts sometimes. We don't understand a lot of it. We don't like much of it. We find ourselves saying, God, what are you doing? God, are you doing? God, are you here? Can I hear your voice? But he holds all things together. And we can say, like the song says, joy to the world, the Lord is come. And that joy is undeniable. It's inexpressible. It's indestructible. It's a joy that the world didn't give you and the world can't take away. It's a joy that comes when true light 
shines into the world. When Isaiah wrote those words, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Darkness rolled away. Light has come. And as John wrote, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as of His only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In Him was what? Light. And that light was the life of men. See, that's why those angels appeared to the shepherds. That's what they were singing about. They were praising God, this heavenly host. They show up. They appear to the shepherds. They announce the coming of this Messiah. And their message was glory to God and peace on earth to those with whom He, His favor, rests. Shepherds waiting, watching over their fields. The angels appear and all of a sudden they're here to deliver a message that is remarkable, that's wondrous, that the invisible God has now made Himself visible. What a sight. It must have been to be like one of those shepherds. Maybe some moonlight, maybe a few stars. We don't know if it was cloudy or not. And then all of a sudden to have the sky light up, angelic creatures appear, God's glory is on display, shining for everything, for everyone around to see. And those angels are singing, Gloria in excelsis Deo. Angels, we have heard on a high to announce the truth that the writer of Hebrews tells us about in chapter 1, verse 3, that the radiance of the glory of God was now in the world. Glory to God in the highest because the one who is the exact representation of His glory was now in the world and He wasn't born in a, a castle. He wasn't born in a palace. He's born in a shepherd's loft, in a feed trough. And they come proclaiming this good news, this peace on earth. We've struggled. We've looked for, we've longed for peace in this world from the very beginning. There's been wars. There's been struggling. There's been fighting between countries, fighting between siblings, fighting between families. But this peace that he's proclaiming is not an end to the fighting. It's not an end to its struggle. It's the most amazing peace ever seen. Peace between God. Peace between man. Only through faith in Christ. That's why when Paul wrote Romans, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, we have been justified by faith, so we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a gracious gift of peace we have in Jesus that we could be turned from being enemies of God to friends of God through a relationship with this Savior that was born in Bethlehem. It's a gracious gift because we don't deserve it. We don't 
earn it. There's nothing we can do to, to win it, to buy it. We simply have the privilege of receiving it. It's God's grace that we receive it. And these angel messengers appear to these simple shepherds to speak of the graciousness of God. To tell them something they don't deserve but they can only receive. Can't you just imagine what the headlines would be like Angel messengers appear to simple shepherds. Awe, wonder, glory. You know, this is CNN reporting live. No, CNN probably wouldn't report. They would probably. Um, but some news organization would be there reporting live, talking to the shepherds, asking what they had seen and heard. But oh my gosh, wouldn't it be so much better to have been there, to experience it? Listen to what happens next, verse 15. Listen to what they say. Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. God's revealed something to us through these angels. Let's go and, and see. And so what do they do? They went, they saw, and they made known. Verbs there describing the shepherds in the verses. Let's go on over to Bethlehem and see. And they went quickly. Your version may say they went with haste. There was no delay, is what they're saying. They didn't deliberate. They didn't say, well, should we go? Should we not go? Should we just wait until the morning? No, it says they heard and they went. And they saw. And in the Phillips translation of Luke 2, it says for those shepherds, seeing was believing. Their curiosity spurred up activity. They wanted to do something. So they went to the place that the angels told them that they would find this baby, this new mother Mary, her husband Joseph. And they get there and they find it. And it says here in the verses that it was exactly like the angel said. It's remarkable. It's a reminder to me that God's promises, God's Word is true. It's accurate. It's tested. It's tried. And when God shows you something in this book, let me tell you this. You'll find it exactly like God said. He works according to His Word. He never contradicts His Word. His Word is timeless and it's true. And those shepherds saw it and verse 17 says, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Do you see the progression? The angels appear to the shepherds. They give them the message. The shepherds respond to the message by faith. They go to Bethlehem and see this baby. And when they saw it, it says they made known. It's a fancy way of saying they, they told people. They opened their mouths. They told people at the... At the inn, they told people at the market. They told people that they walked past on the countryside. They probably even told the sheep. Could you imagine the conversation? You're never going to believe what we saw. You're never going to believe what we heard. You're never going to believe what we experienced. But 
If you go to that little barn back behind the inn that was too full for the Lord Jesus, there's a baby. And there's a mom. And there's a dad. And he's the Savior. He's Christ the Lord. And look at the response. What does it say? It says, all who heard it wondered. Luke loves the word wonder. He translates it different ways in English. It can be amazed. It can be wonder. It could be marvel at or astonished. But when you read Luke's gospel, you see this word coming up over and over again. That when people see the actions of Jesus, what Jesus did, who he was, they wondered. They marveled. Because wonder is what happens when a human being is confronted with something that's divine. You see, when we experience God, maybe in the deep places, when we experience God as a still, small voice, when we experience Him breathing new life into us for salvation, our response is wonder. Because that is the way that we the only expression that we can have. We don't understand it, but we're grateful for it. All who heard, anybody that would listen, these excited shepherds are out there telling the good news and displaying wonder. Don't you agree that the Christmas story is wonderful? The only song I could, I, I could think about, you know, the wonder of his love, the wonder of his love in the Christmas song. But the only other song I could think about was wonder was, you know, um, it's the most wonderful time of the year. But, you know, it's wonderful not because there's marshmallows for toasting and parties and all of these things. No, it's wonderful because God came to earth. It's wonderful because it's not this sentimental journey. It's not this ho-hum story or fairy tale. It's the amazement that we get because of the divine encounter that Emmanuel, God with us, came to be like one of us so He could be with us, so we could be with Him. That's wonderful news. It's life-changing news. It's amazing news. But I wonder sometimes, have we lost the wonder of Christmas? Have we lost our sense of wonder at the things of God? Do we still get excited when we see our God do great things? Or do we not see God do so many amazing things as He did in the past because we've lost our wonder, our faith, our boldness in prayer? Think about this just for a second. Who were the first recipients of the good news? Who were the first to believe in the good news? And who were the first to go and tell? Three-question test, one answer. Shepherds. The shepherds 
they were the first one to hear the good news and they received it by faith. And they followed through by faith in the instructions the angels gave them. They saw the truth, they went and told others, and then they returned. And Luke tells us that they returned glorifying and praising God. Two incredible words to describe the way that they go back home glorifying and praising God. One man wrote it this way. The shepherds came. They saw what God told them to expect. They proclaimed their findings to anyone who would listen. They turned back toward their jobs. A new song of praise in their hearts. What God had said, God had done. They returned to the sheep, never to be heard of again, but never to be forgotten. We still talk about the shepherds today. Young boys still fight over who gets to play the shepherd in the Christmas play because that's usually the one place where there's no words. There's no lines. Robe, stick, check. Shepherd. But we still talk about them today. Why? Because... God chose them. They gave glory to God for this truth of this good news. They praised God for what it revealed to them. These men that were lowly, cast out, disregarded. They were humble. They were needy. They were curious. And they experienced God's glory. And they were filled with wonder. And they went back home shouting praise. You see, in Jesus, humble and needy people discover the wonder and glory of Christmas. Shepherds watch their flocks by night. Those outcasts, just a bunch of guys who didn't have anything to give. They probably didn't have much to lose, but they had everything to gain. And God... And His goodness graced them with this good news. Oh, they heard it. They saw it. They believed it. They told others. They glorified and praised God for all they seen and heard. And they, all who heard it, wondered. What about you today? Somebody may... I kind of feel like an outcast. I kind of feel like I'm on the outside looking in. Maybe I've done some things and said some things in my past and don't feel real deserving. Don't feel like God accepts me. Don't feel like anyone accepts me. The good news of God's grace is there's room. In the, at the manger for the shepherds and there's room at the cross for you. Maybe you feel like there's nothing you can give. Maybe you feel like I've got nothing to offer, God. I'm certainly not the smartest guy. I'm not the talentedest, most talented lady. i got a pretty reputable, well, not so reputable past, a noteworthy past, so I really don't bring much to the table. 
there's good news. Because God's grace still waits for you today. One of my favorite poets lived in the 1800s. Um, You may have read some of her poems. If you were awake and listening when Scott sang the first song, um, some of the lines from one of her poems was read. In the 1880s, she wrote a poem called In a Bleak Be the Winter. Frosty wind made moan. Earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. Snow had fallen, snow on snow, snow on snow, in a bleak midwinter long ago. Our God, heaven cannot hold Him, nor earth sustain. Heaven and earth shall flee away when He comes to reign. In a bleak midwinter, a stable place sufficed. The Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Enough for Him whom cherubim worship night and day. A breast full of milk and a manger full of hay. Enough for Him whom angels fall down before. The ox and donkey came, which adore. Angel and archangels may have gathered there. Cherubim and seraphim thronged the air. But only His mother, in her bliss, worshipped the Beloved with a kiss. What can I give Him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can, I give Him. Give my heart. Maybe the frosty wind of doubt is blowing your way right now. You feel cold, frozen, alone. Or maybe you would say, this is a bleak midwinter for me. Times are tough. Things are hard. Or you might just see yourself like those poor shepherds. What could I possibly give to Jesus? What would He want from me? See, we need to put the wonder and the glory and the praise back into our Christmas. We need to put it back into our lives each and every day. And how can we start? Simply give Him your heart. The wonder of His love will will fill you. The glory of His presence will lift up your soul in joyful praise. The light of the world will defrost the coldest hearts and can warm them for all of eternity. Only then will you discover or maybe rediscover the wonder and the glory of Christmas. Will you pray with me? Oh Lord, we need you to restore the wonder and the glory of our faith. That we would see you as you are. No longer a baby in a manger. No longer a Savior on a cross or buried in a tomb, but a King high and lifted up. A King who is ruling and reigning and is promised to return one day. 
Oh, Lord, what a day that will be. And those that are called by your name, those that are your adopted children will see you face to face. And they'll always be with you. Lord, we need your help during this Christmas season to to not have it be just another Christmas, another day. Gifts unwrapped, paper everywhere, some food, some family, and then pack up and move on. Lord, we are asking you today to give us the wonder and the glory of Christmas in our lives, not today, but every day that we would glorify and praise you in the things that we do and the things that we say. That we would see you. We would hear your voice. We would know that all your ways are true and good. And we would tell others. Thank you, O Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your presence here with us and for Jesus our our Savior, and we pray in His name. Amen and amen. We'll sing together and in a moment. It's the opportunity that we have to return thanks to the Lord, to, to make our needs known to the Lord, and to, to offer Him our, ourselves in our lives. And it could be today that for you, you need to get that wonder back. You need to bring yourself back to the beauty of the story, the amazement, the wonder of what God has done. And allow Him to work in you and restore the joy of that salvation. It could be that the wonder is just not there. Maybe it never has been. And today, just a light bulb came on. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. Trusting in Him. Turning to Him. Trusting in Him in faith calling on His name and turning from your sin that you could be saved. Or maybe there's family members you're praying for. Folks that you know right now, unless God does something, it's just going to be another day come Christmas. Lift up their names before the throne that God would breathe His Spirit into their lives and give them the joy and the wonder of the season. Will you join in standing? We'll sing together. I'll be at the front, and as you have um, opportunity and the Lord leads, I trust you'll respond. So let's stand and sing together.
why don't you be, be seated. I want to thank everyone for, for worshiping with us today. Thank you for, for joining us um, online. If you were, we pray the Lord's blessings on you. We wish you a Merry Christmas, and we hope to see you soon, if not in person, online Christmas Eve at, at 6 o'clock. So, Lord bless you. 